previously on Krista Makes a Podcast. I wanted to make a song that uh, touched people and was more than, I mean, we don't have a lot of funny songs, but more than just a good song. It was my essay on society. When did you have time and, and how did you construct this? I tried to go by the Stephen King uh, rule of thumb, which is try to write something every day. Punk rock is, it's absurdity. And I live an absurd life. And mm -hmm. every time I go out anywhere, I self-deprecate to make someone laugh. The whole song is about how uh, ignorant and uncaring Americans are. Sarah fled, thought process gone. She left her answering machine on. The greeting left spoken sincere. Messages no one will ever hear. Who's Sarah? If someone getting shot in the head at a protest and your serotonin, you're shot in the head, serotonin's gone. Oh my gosh. Uh, your thought process is gone because you're dead. And the message left was the sign they were holding. Hey everyone, if you didn't hear last week's episode, you might want to go back and listen to that one first. This is part two of our dive into the decline, an 18-minute punk rock opus written by NoFX's Fat Mike. These episodes are just as much of a journey as the song itself. So strap yourself in and get ready for the ride. This is a good one. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. This is so we can drink vodka on stage. <laughs> this is the vodka part. This is a 24-bar intro. The first eight bars are just hi-hat, and that guitar, uh, octave guitar panned off left, and then bass. Chris, if you notice, we, we don't come in on the right time. Oh, yes, I've noticed. It's This is the part that I was like, I kept trying to figure out how to count these, and it's almost impossible. But then the bass, drum, stereo guitars, and an octave guitar panned off left come in, and again, in the notes here, bass line is great. Fast, classic, no effects, punk rock beat. Bad 
man who used to speak performs a cute routine. Feel a little patronized. Don't feel bad. They found a way inside your head. And on the first three lines here, the drums go to a tom shuffle with the bass and a clean arpeggiated guitar panned off right. On the line, feeling a little patronized, there's a pick slide left and right. Drums, bass, and stereo guitars are back in. Don't feel bad. They found a way inside your head. On the don't feel bad, that's a held out harmony on bad. It's great. And you feel a bit misled. It's not that they don't care. Yeah. And then the next section mimics the section we just talked about in terms of the first couple lines here. It's just the drums go to a a shuffle beat with a clean arpeggiated guitar. The televisions put a thought inside your head, like a Barry Manilow jingle. There's Barry. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. A symphonic blank stare. Yeah. It doesn't make you care. Make you care. Before I forget. Sure. That's kind of from the movie Brazil. Mm. When everyone go, it plays that song. Okay. And at a baseball game, everyone sings these patriotic songs. Before that, well, who I'm talking about when the man who used to speak is uh, Eisenhower. His last speech to the public when he said, uh, American public, beware of the military industrial complex. They, are, they have taken over the government. And if you don't do anything, the people who build bombs are making all the decisions in this country. And so he was the man who used to speak, and then the presidency became a bunch of fucking goofs who don't say anything. Whoever said punk rockers aren't smart, I, I could argue with them all day. I look at someone like, yeah, look, like, like who's referencing Eisenhower? You know, like you and Graffin, maybe. I mean that with sincerity. Punk rock is the best style of music. With the best style of music, with the smartest lyrics, with the coolest people. Fuck everybody else. Well, you are the coolest people. Well, I got to tell you. And I'm the most hated. You are uh, un- most hated. unfairly, unfairly. But you know what? That's that's fucking life. Life is not fair. Life's not fair. I'm glad it's not. There you go. Well, um, again, I'm just like you're talking about this Eisenhower bleeding in on the lyrics. You're the man who used to speak. It's like, again, I, I'm going to ask the question again. You're not you're not going to have an answer. But like, why did this line come in here? Why wasn't it saved later? The chronological order that these lyrics go in. It's incredible how you put this together. I know you said it was like a crossword puzzle and you just chipped away at it. But the ending of the song is is the best part, you know, and so we go. That's. That's the crown jewel of the song. That that changed my how I wrote songs, that part. Right. Well, the last couple lines here are not designed to make you care. They're betting you won't care. Because nobody does care. People will step over a fucking bum. Not a bum on the street. A homeless person on the street. I like homeless. Um, houseless is, uh, I think it's weird. Uh, but if there's a dog that's hurt. Oh, but let's take him home. Let's take care of him. But a person? No. People don't care. That's why I take my daughter once a year, we should do it more uh, near Christmas, not on Christmas, to give out burritos and beers. You know, 50 burritos, 50 beers. And I guess we bring waters, too. I fucking don't like that part. You certainly uh, are on the front lines of, of, of that out, out where you live. It's just, I was just out in Portland recently, and I, I can't believe in the United States of America the homeless issues. But then on Reagan, because Reagan closed down psychiatric hospitals. But an interesting fact do you know how many people die of starvation every year in the U.S.? I don't. None. Zero. This is interesting uh, because everyone can get food here. People on the street can find food. You go to McDo- the dumpster at McDonald's, anywhere, you get food. Uh, countries like India, yeah, people starve to death. They don't. Here. Yeah, you're right. We, we don't have famine in, in that sense, but we have abject poverty for sure. Oh, absolutely. But our standard of living, even for people on the street, it's pretty good. I'm actually seeing a, a woman right now who was on the street for a while, just because you know her boyfriend kicked her out of the house and she didn't have any money. She's like, oh, "What am I going to do?" Right. And that's how it goes. I mean, no effects. We we slept on sidewalks a lot. You know, we had maybe thirty or forty dollars in the band fund in the eighties. Couldn't go to a hotel. Uh, we're going to stay on this on the sidewalk or the park or. You know, six people in a van. Here, here's your dollar for a bean burrito for the day. Yeah, twofers. Yeah, twofers. Two uh, Big Macs. It wouldn't be a no effects song without a classic guitar solo uh, with the wah pedal here. And uh, this solo is great. It's like 18 bars. It dissolves into what I'm calling the tool sounding bass part. 
just by itself for a few bars. And then all hell breaks loose when the drums and stereo guitars come back in for eight bars. How did this part come about? That that bass line is just so jumpy, and it just it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird. It's not. It reminds me of something Tool or a Perfect Circle would do. And it? I can't play it unless I put the bass on my leg. I don't know. I just came up with it. It's it's reminiscent of the death of John Smith and SNM Airlines. Once again, it's an upstroke thing. Here's another question. Uh, you know, you said these are just a, a combination of riffs that you had that just, you know, you ended up uh, uh, building into this song. You put all the pieces of the puzzle. But were any of these riffs hanging out for six, seven, eight years? Like this bass thing. When did you come up with that? I, I don't know. But these riffs were like two to four years of riffs. Stuff that maybe, like you said, didn't make punk and drum. Like didn't make so long and thanks for the oh, shoes. Riffs are like, what do you do with riffs? You know, it, it was my the RKL in me. Yeah, you want to write riffs, but riffs don't make a great song. Yeah, you got to have something else there. Well, the lyric after this part, which again it might be one of my favorite parts of the songs, when when these drums come in and the snare stuff and the cymbals that Smelly's doing, it's chaotic. It's like everything I've ever loved about punk rock, but it's chaotic but musical. <laughs> if that makes sense. It like it works. And uh, the next lyric is place a wager on your greed, a wager on your pride. Why try to beat them when a million others tried? Drums, bass, stereo guitars to hear that classic no effects fast beat. It's hauling butt here. And then the next four lines, again, this what's going on here with the mix and how you guys just put this all together i love it says we are the whore and that sounds like melvin with a distorted vocal there panned off left the band is halftime here intellectually spayed uh that's you mike saying that that's double timed we are the queer that's melvin band is back halftime dysfunctionally raised back to the double time and then we get the trombone hook for eight bars again with the full band uh then four bars of stereo guitars ringing out before i'm going to go into the next section and you know what i had to do again heard this song how many times i had to actually rewind and go back and go is this trombone part in the same key every time and it is whether you edit this or not uh here's my little rant rant away i've been married to a sex worker uh, I hang out with sex workers, and ever since fucking Pung and Drublik, ever since SM Airlines, I've been a, a, a true feminist, someone who believes that a woman can do what they want with their body. I was with this organization, this pro-abortion organization, and then I realized, oh, you guys are against uh, porn and sex workers. Well, yeah, yeah, we're for uh, women's rights. It drives me crazy. It also drives me crazy how coal miners or people who work retail, you look down on sex workers. If you do PT or massage or or reflexology or sing in a band or anything entertaining or fuck dudes or strip, we entertain people. We pretend to be happy. This is great. And we bring pleasure to people. What a great profession. Bring pleasure to lonely people or unhappy people. That's what we do as in a band. We bring pleasure to people and we're and we don't always want to go on stage, do we, Chris? No. We feel like shit, but I'm going to go on stage to make these people happy. We're all fucking whores. It's just how it is. I ruin my body by, you know, doing drugs and alcohol just to get on stage because I don't feel like it anymore. And judging people, I fucking, I can't fucking stand it. Uh, and we're all queers too. Not not all, there's some weird, there's some weird normal heterosexual people that <laughs> don't experiment or that have, oh, I'm not gonna do that. No finger in my ass. Well, okay, finger's pretty good. 
I like when a chick puts a finger in my ass. But you wouldn't want a cock in your ass, would you? Well, no, no, it's fucking weird. It's, I couldn't take a cock in my ass. How big is your shit, dude, in the morning? Doesn't it feel good when you take a big shit? Would you be happy taking a finger-sized shit? No, you wouldn't. It would feel weird, like you're a rabbit with diarrhea. Are we still talking about the decline? <laughs> yeah, I, I told you it's a little rant because we're queer. We're all queers and we're all whores. We're not all queers, but and we're not all whores, but a lot of us fucking are. Yeah, I, I don't want to go out there sometimes. I'm human. I had a bad day, but I have a job to do, and you go out and do it. But you know, and there have been times to pretend that you're stoked. Yes, and that's a lot more difficult now than it was when I was younger. Like retail. Hi, let me put this shoe on your foot. Would you like these? These are great on you. We have to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. We have the best job in the world, but we all do this to please people like strippers, prostitutes, porn stars. We're in the business of making people happy. And what a great profession. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, then the next section is 10 minutes and 57 seconds to 14 minutes and 50 seconds. And I'm calling this passage five. It sounds like noise with interference on a bass with like mini explosions uh, panned left oh, and yeah, right. That noise. Yeah, that what, noise. what is that? It sounds almost like a, a submarine under the sea. Like I'm getting Jacques Cousteau vibes from it or something, too. It's it's very strange. I'm trying to figure out what this was. I don't remember exactly. It was either a gunshot that we slowed down or a snare hit that we that we slowed down. It is so cool. And and this is joined by a single eighth note guitar panned off right for 39 seconds. Then the drums, a hi-hat, a snare like side stick shot, and a kick drum join the party for eight bars before the vocals begin. part mike right here uh, this to me is like if you were going to call it like the bridge of the song this reminds oh, me this is, this is the vodka drinking part <laughs> yeah this would this makes more sense with that yeah this whole part reminded me of three quarters through an action adventure movie after a ton of twists and turns you hit the part where you have to let the viewer catch their breath before the finale at the end of the movie, whether the finale is good and everyone goes home happy or, or it's sad, this is the part where it kind of like mellows out here. You're calling it the vodka part. It's the part where Robert Shaw is talking about the shark bites in Jaws. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you and those black eyes roll over white and then oh then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming the ocean turns red and despite all the pounding and the hollering they all come in and they rip you to pieces exactly it's the calm before the storm and i i love and I think this is Melvin doing this high part. One more pill to kill the pain. Is he singing with you there? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's an octave, which we don't do very often. No, I know. It, it's up an octave. It's not a harmony. One more pill to kill the pain. One more pill to kill the pain. One more pill to kill the pain. One more 
pill to kill the pain. That's said three times. And then living through conformity. There's some really cool distorted guitar swells panned off left for this whole part. And uh, killer note choice on the third pain. We got a major. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. Uh, then there's eight bars of the same instrumentation. No vocals. So it's kind of just simmering along. And then again, Melvin on the on the uh, octave part here with you. One more prayer to keep me safe. One more prayer to keep us warm. One more prayer to keep us safe. There's going to be a better place and better place. Melvin screams that. Same thing, religion, uh, there's going to be a better place. And don't talk back, don't say anything, don't stick your neck out, which is what I've done a lot in my career. And it doesn't help your life. I got to ask you, do you remember rewriting stuff for this like at this stage? You're in the studio and, and like you're singing well, actually, this part. I, I, I want to forget about this. We were one day away from pressing all the CDs. And I came into Fat Records and I told Jeff, our label manager then i go uh stop the i don't know if it's been pressed or not but stop it he's what do you mean uh i'm gonna make changes to the song and this guy jeff spiegel he he <laughs> yelled at me probably had a heart attack <laughs> he's like, what the fuck you can't just fucking do this mike yeah blah, 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 blah. and i was like mm, jeff come into my office for a second <laughs> close the door I'm like, have i ever yelled at you he's like no you just yelled at me your boss in front of everyone because i wanted to make my band's record better what the fuck do you care and at that point i i changed chords at the beginning of the song changed some chords in the middle and i added all the horns and the marching and the bell and everything i put in all those instruments because it was just guitar before that right and what a better song it is with all those additions. Oh, it needs it, it needs it, especially at the end, because the last three minutes are just this thing you're going. So, yeah. I call call our distributors and say, yeah, so it's late. Whatever. This is important. I'm getting yelled at for that. Uh, do you still work with this guy or no? <laughs> Move to Belize. There you, there you go. Belize uh, brutality. Belize brutality. Uh, the band kicks in on a new instrumental part for a few measures. That's why that part is so soft. When it comes in, it comes in. Oh, yeah. No, it. yeah, this next part just, it does come in. And you get this, uh, ah, like this Melvin, like he's, I don't know. Like, the Mel yell. Yeah, it's the Mel yell, yeah. Like he's, you know, ah! yeah. Yes. Like he's going bungee jumping for the first time. It's just like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like losing losing his mind for a second. Lost the battle, lost the war, lost the things worth living for, lost the will to win the fight, one more pill to kill the pain. And uh, drums, bass, stereo guitars are here, and uh, the tempo is kind of more of a uh, mid-tempo punk rock feel. And how do people deal with society these days? Uh, they take antidepressants, they do something, because it's so empty and nothing makes sense anymore. And it was... It's worse now. Hey, everybody. We'll be right back with part two of part two with Fat Mike after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. And now, back to the show. I think that sometimes, and we can see this, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, Mike, and, and I, I know you, you're, you're a literature buff, but like writers, guys that wrote stuff a hundred years ago, and they're like, what, was this guy a prophet or something? And, you know, I can kind of liken a lot of the lyrics and subject matter in the song. Like I told you, it was written 24 years ago, but damn if it's not relevant now. Well, the 90s were the best humankind are ever going to live it's all downhill you know there was really george bush it's unbelievable that al gore lost because bill clinton was so fucking selfish he had a fucking jewish chick when he was in office but his wife gave him everything anyway that's off point oh my god here's off point too i was with this mom the other day and she said to me oh she doesn't like hillary clinton she uh is a child sex trafficker and uh did i didn't play with her anymore i'm like i gotta go because i'm not gonna trust my life with a woman who believes (laughs) (laughs) that's your criteria from walking away from a dominatrix well i mean come on yeah you know you're supposed to be a feminist or a female supremacist even i'm not gonna get into hillary she was a great she still is a great woman. When you've talked to me before about your lifestyle, it absolutely floored me because here I am thinking, I've always had this thing. If someone goes to dominatrix, they're, they're probably not talking about politics, but you find yourself doing so. Well, if you're going to be with a woman that is going to fucking take your breath away with a plastic bag and beat the shit out of you and you're locked to a bed, you got to know she's not crazy. <laughs> Even though, let me tell you, Chris, you're all crazy. Mm. You heard it from Mike. Um, you're weird if you're not getting weird. Na 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 so political and you go to not on us <laughs> and it doesn't make sense i did not think about that i did not think that this was like some abstract part thrown in there but i can kind of see his point no it's it's like blah 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 like i'm uh-huh. just I'm blah blahing you're blah blah yada, yada, yada. okay and then it goes into the part that's the most important so yeah, after the na-na-na part, we get into uh, drums, bass, stereo guitars doing eighth note palm mutes. The going get tough. The tough. Oh, that's hard to play. Yes. funny I'll, I'll always as kind of a backup i'll go to ultimate guitar and i'll look at chords i'll see how like how you know how they break this up they do verse here what do they call on this part and uh you know it'll say beginner intermediate or difficult this song was difficult because <laughs> because it is part, Billy Hefe pulls it but it's the hardest part to play he, he doesn't always pull it i played it because i do all the punk on records Awesome. Up until I got these lyrics in front of me and I got it under the microscope, I thought that you were saying dead here. The going get tough. The tough get debt, like a debt you owe. Don't pay attention. Pay the rent. Next of kins, pay for your sins. A little faith should keep us safe. And then after this part, this crazy sounding guitar comes in off left. Guitar octaves are on the right. And that happens for for a little bit, and then the band kicks in. It's a loud tambourine, really loud, but it sounds great. Panned off right with the drums, bass. That was that was, that was Ryan's idea too. Hats off to, to to Ryan. There was a lot here with 
pulling parts back mix wise and, and how, how it flows, because if this was all full throttle, no effects for 18 minutes, it has to have the dynamics that are, that are happening. Huh. I mean, me and Ryan worked together so much and, uh, he made my mind go in different ways. And I made him think about this is punk rock, Ryan. Cause he was not a punk rock producer. Mm -hmm, no. And we worked very well together. Well, uh, two guitars are coming here. This ushers in a whole new feel. The octave panned off right, and that crazy-sounding, fluttering guitar off left, they're dizzying in headphones for me. My, I don't, my, my ears don't know what to listen to. It's like a tremolo it's effect. It's a headphone song. It's a headphone song. Yeah, for sure. it's so good. And uh, that part continues. And the next uh, lyrics here, these vocals are sung over the part I was just describing. Save Us, which is Melvin. The human, Mike, existence, Melvin. Is failing, Mike, resistance, Melvin. Essential, Mike, the future, Melvin. Written off, Mike, the odds are, Melvin. Astronomically against us is Mike. Only moron and genius is Melvin. Would fight a losing battle, Mike, against the superego, Melvin. When giving in is so damn comforting. Mike, do you remember if you sang that whole part and you decided maybe Melvin should come in here and we should trade off or? I think I planned it that way, but just reading those lyrics to me, uh, yeah, it's giving in is so comforting. Just giving in, deciding not to be a good person. Just fuck it. I'm just going to look out for myself. I, I hit that point in my life a lot, but I never fall that far. I just deal with all the blows. Well, then the next part is uh, drums, bass, guitar panned off left, and an octave panned off right. No, it's the lyrics right. and the chord progression now, Chris. Mm -hmm. 32 chords in a row with no pattern. I know. And that's just, again, I've tried writing songs like that. I'm like, I don't want to repeat one chord progression in the song. And it's really hard to do and make it and make it work. And so we go on with our lives. We know the truth, but prefer lies. Lies are simple. Simple is bliss. Why go against tradition when we can? Most no effect songs are 16 chords in a, in a verse mm -hmm. and eight chords in a chorus or something like that, which no one knows, but this one was, it's still hard to remember. You're talking about it, the chord changes of sometimes they're just two chords, but they're played backwards the next time. And it, and trying to rehearse this live had to be just the first time you guys did it. You had to have taken it in sections. It's just the only way. No, right? no. Well, the first, no, the first time we, I told you the first time we practiced, we were going to play it. We all learned our parts and we kind of nailed it. But this part is the part I always have to go over because if you get lost on one chord, you have no idea where you are. For sure. You catch up. No, and I've had that happen. There's not many Lesson Jake songs, but I've had it happen with a couple of ours where I get to the bridge part. I'm like, here we go. If you mess up one chord, you're screwed. Yeah, and, and lyrically, we don't do choruses, and especially this song. Yeah, So I know. if you forget one line, you're lost. Well, we got this uh, classic fast punk beat here again. Drums, bass, guitar panned off left, an octave right. When all the feel comes into me, this is the heart of the song. And so we go with our lives. Heart. Mm -hmm. We know the truth, but prefer lies. Lies are simple. Simple as bliss. Another octave guitar joins us off left right here. Uh, why go against tradition when we can? Admit defeat. Live in decline. Be the victim of our own design. Love that lyric. The status quo built on suspect. 
Why would anyone stick out their neck? Fellow members club, we've got ours. I'd like to introduce you to our host. He's got his and I've got mine. Meet the decline. On the line, I'd like to introduce you to our host. The band stops and just a jangly guitar and vocal on the last two lines. He's got his and I've got mine. Meet the decline. There's something about the way you sing that part. It's, I'll use the word morose again. It's sad. It's it's sad, but it's uplifting. I don't know. It it, it makes me feel a lot of different emotions, the way you sat, sang that. Well, people don't understand what success is. I do. It's not money. It's happiness. We are the luckiest people in the world, Chris, because we have we get to travel the world with our best friends. Mm-hmm. And he's got his, I've got mine. No, it's uh, we've got ours, we've got ours. Success is you and everyone around you being successful. You're in a house on the top of the hill, you're not happy. People in India living on the street uh, have community. Community is what makes you happy. That's why punk rock is so special because we have a family. Wherever we go, we have a family. Most people have no idea what that is like. That's very, that's very profound. We know we are, we are social creatures. I, I haven't met many people in my lifetime that, that I would consider truly happy that are loners, you know, they're, they're, they're loners for a reason, you know, we need our friends. Sometimes they let you down. Sometimes you let them down. Uh, I don't, I try not to let anyone down. I'm going through tough times in my life right now, actually, because I don't know, resentment towards me when, uh, you know, I've never lied or cheated. I'm a different breed of person who believes in honor. And uh, it's not working. It doesn't work to be honorable because it makes people feel weird about themselves. Well, I, I think that you've been definitely uh, burned at the stake for what you just said, for, for being honest. You say what's on your mind, and sometimes that's going to gonna anger people. But if you're true to yourself, then then there it is. It's not, it's not, I've been mean a little bit, but it's not being mean. It's people have to look at themselves. But like, you've been on my label a lot of times, and, you know, 30 years, there's no lawsuit against Fat Records, nothing. We're just an honest label that does our best yeah which isn't always that great but it's it's <laughs> it's been good for us i have no complaints um <laughs> not, not personally but that's what it's all about yeah i've got mine like tony brummel i've got mine no i want everyone around me to have theirs too well, this uh, last part here, this last section is what I'm calling Passage 6. It's 14 minutes and 51 seconds until the end of the song at 18 minutes and 21 seconds. You said it earlier. I'm calling this whole last three minutes and change here the coda, Mike. Uh, it's one bar of palm muted guitar that's centered on bar two, the bass. Uh, guitar comes in with a drum buildup, uh, and then the trombone hook comes back in you need it you need the trombone hook you, you really do and and again there's not many recurring themes in this song you get the beatles part twice you get the 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 trombone hook and just it feels so good here it's a relief it is that's what you get the same riff like oh i'm okay now it's bringing me back home and i've got mine meet the decline
that uh, trombone hook is morose, yet it's triumphant. There's something about this that's just very triumphant. Uh, the octave guitar, I love that it's trading off with the lick, too, and sometimes it's joining the trombone here. I thought that was 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 really cool. lot going on here, Mike. There's those noises we're talking about left and right. There's like foot stomps. Were those actual foot stomps you did in the studio? Or You know where we got that from? No. What is that? Never mind the bullets. No kidding. Let's change the speed. Oh, dude, that is so cool. That's what that is? Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. That is cool. There also sounds like there's some like guitar amplifier interference. You get that bell ride cymbal, ding, 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 that thing I here. I love the bell and I love the ride cymbal. It's awesome. That's the last thing you hear in the song is the ride cymbal. I know. I know. There's also like an audience cheer, like a triumphant, <sighs> you know, it's like the, like the victor one and everyone in, in, the, in the town is happy. What, what was that? Was that a sound effect you, you pulled from somewhere? Uh, I forgot where we got that. The important thing about this ending was there wasn't Pro Tools back then. Right. We just had a Trident board. And how everything gets thin, that was all manual. We had to make the song get thinner and more AM radio manually. What Mike's talking about there is nowadays you do everything uh, with what we call automation. So you'll just set the computer to do whatever you want it to do. Hey, I want this guitar to pan off left here. I want the bass to drop out here and, and, and get muted. That'll all be done with just buttons. It'll just happen at a, at a certain time in the song. What Mike's talking about, and I actually remember doing this. You may have too, probably with this particular project. We've done real flange. Uh, on the Flagwagon album, one of Derek's drum rolls, snare rolls, we did an actual flange on a two inch. <laughs> right. Like in, in time, like you had to make it work or you had to redo it again. I had to make the two inch and play it back and it would sound, and you slowed it down a little bit on the two inch on the tape. Yeah. It was like, it took us like an hour to do one flange. These bands in the 70s, ELO, Queen, like the Beatles, they would do these productions. You'd have to have five or six hands on the board. It's like, okay, you. Exactly right. We need a lot of people to yeah. make this shit happen. Yeah, I'm going to turn this part down to here at this point in the song. You, you're going to turn this up here and whatever happens. And I love the deconstruction of the song that happens here at the end that you're, that you're describing. It hurts. When you feel at home and how big it feels, it makes you feel very empty by the end which was, you know, on purpose. It was, it, oh, it felt good. And now I, oh. While this is happening at the 16 minute and two second mark, Melvin starts screaming. It's interesting. You know, this is such, it, it, not to take anything away from your band, this is such your song. It's your fingerprint. It's, this is you. It's, you know, this is your heartbeat. And we end the song with hearing Melvin's voice. And I thought about that today when I listened to it. I said, interesting, you know, and that's not from like that you have an ego and you can't let somebody else sing the last song on a record. But I found that that interesting that Melvin was singing here at the end and it wasn't you. Mm, I never thought about it that way. Because this song to me is so personal to you. I know it's a no effects song, but this is like. First no effects seven inch, Melvin sings like half of it. You know, we started with me and him, you know, after like a couple of rehearsals then we got smelly and he was in and out of the band for the first year or whatever. But it's always me and Mel. Right. And and his voice, my voice would be no whining. Mm -hmm. His is desperate. His voice is desperate. His is desperate. And I th and that's I think that's uh the perfect reason for featuring him here. The lyric is we are the queer, we are the whore. Ammunition in the class war. We are worker, we love our queen, we sacrifice, we're soylent green. We are the queer, we are the whore. Ammunition in the class war and mike it, it, while this is happening it almost sounds like a keyboard sound comes in that's a trumpet Okay, because I said it sounds like a lower registered trumpet. That's what I wrote in my notes. And this is referencing like we're we're ants, we're we're bee, we're worker bees. We love our queen, 
And Soylent Green, you know, everyone knows what that is. That's awesome. Well, at the 17 minute and three second mark, that modulation happens. The whole band moves up a whole step. You know, when when songs go up a whole step, we've all heard it's like, okay, here's the key change. It's going to lift here. This sounds really strange in this part of the song. It's jarring. And I was trying to yeah. figure out why. It just goes up a whole step. But I mean, it just... It sounds like it. It's that was wrong. Very Manilow phase, bro. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds wrong. If there's, if you can even use the term wrong with music, but it doesn't sound right. At 17 minutes and 33 seconds, this is when the whole production really starts to disintegrate and fade out. The church bells, the foot stomps, the noises, the ambient noise, the audience cheer, that cymbal overdub that Mike did, it all happens again here. And the cymbal, as you said, is one of the last things you hear. And before we wrap up, I have to ask you, you get the mix back. You work meticulously on this. Do you remember the first time you sat back and truly at the board or wherever you were at, closed your eyes, put your head down, and listened to this thing for 18 minutes and 21 seconds, top to bottom? Uh, Chris, I don't remember that. I'm going to tonight, and I will probably cry again. It's the first time NoFX got good reviews on a record. None of those things got good reviews. It was all mediocre. It was Decline and then Single Album, which is recent. Those are our best reviewed albums. The Decline was in my top 10. Uh, if I had to make a greatest hits playlist for you guys, it was in the top 10. And it's number one now after breaking this down. This is your, if, if you never did a thing after this, this was, in my opinion, your crowning achievement. You outdid yourself. No, Nobody else in punk rock has done something like this since. And I don't know if anyone ever will, man. I, it's It's awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. I mean that all my heart, man. This this is uh, this was tough to comb through because I could have gotten gnarlier, and I'm like, dude, at some point I have to stop. I'm confusing myself. I can't imagine what the listeners are going to do, and and we're going to break this thing up into two parts because there's just so much here. And before we break, anything you'd like to to let the listeners know? I know we got all the Punk and Drublick shows coming up this year, and uh, you guys are going out on a on a high note. Yeah, and just to make it clear. This is our last tour. It's not Black Sabbath. I'm done. This weekend, I'm doing uh, strings. I'm doing my quartets in Hollywood. And it makes my brain a lot happier. And I want to do stand-up. I want to do all kinds of stuff. I'm tired of being... uh, What a great career. I'm done. That's admirable and... um... Dude, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy, busy as ever. Chris, uh, you guys got to be there on the last weekend in LA. I plan on being there. We, have we booked you yet? Not to my knowledge. I know we're doing the St. Pete show. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You guys have been such a joy to, to tour with and such good friends. Oh, and, and, and you guys too. I've, I'll always... Uh, Always have your back, my friend. We love you guys. You know that. Yeah. You always have had my back. The Rap with Chris and Chris. Chris, I don't even know where to start in wrapping this up. <laughs> We're talking about a two-part episode, our first ever two-part episode. Where do we even start? I don't know. I'm trying to trying to catch my my breath and wrap my head around this thing. Um, <laughs> monster of a song, right? Yeah. I thought it was so cool that Mike seemed really psyched to talk about this song. He seems just as proud as he should be for writing this song mm-hmm. as he was on the show. You know, I was hoping he would be. I, I kind of think I knew how special he knew the song was considering like you brought up the, how he performed the song with ba- Baz. Is that the guy's name? Mm-hmm. Baz? Yeah. 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 Baz's orchestra, Yeah, which that if, if people haven't seen that, just go watch on YouTube. It is incredible. Right. And at some point, you know, he just, <laughs> you know, Mike has this humility about him. You, you, you don't see it too often. He has this hard exterior and uh, you know, he's a punker, old punker. He likes to piss people off, but man, he showed this humility. He was just like, 
man, thanks for taking the time to really go through my song like this. It's like, dude, I'm a huge fan. This was an honor to get this in lieu of the band basically being on their, uh, you know, last year, year and a half of touring. Yeah. I think you really saw a side of Fat Mike in these two episodes that you don't usually see. You see the onstage persona. You see the the wild guy that I watched on there when they had the TV show and everything. And you saw like a side of him that, I don't know, he's a sensitive, caring, cool guy, I think. You know, he, he cares about people. And you see that the guy has feelings. Yeah. You know, he sure lets some of those out during this. I thought this was great. Well, something else we didn't talk about, Chris, and I, this is an interesting take. You know, he never made a decline part two. I think he's well aware of, and I'm going to use this term. I think he's well aware of the genius that was behind that song. The it, it's a, a lightning in a bottle. It's a one and done thing. You try to do the sequel, it's going to be Jaws two. It's just not going to be. It's not going to be as good. <laughs> It'd be so crazy if he tried to write a sequel to this one. He did write. A, he wrote a sequel to Linoleum. That's last time he was on the podcast. He talked about it. But true. Uh, that would be that would be a big undertaking, yeah. Well, and and again, if if I had 18 minutes in a Pro Tools or a Logic file, I was staring at it, I'd be able to, I think, make sense. You know, here's this part, here's that part. Visually looking at it, this was done <laughs> almost 25 years ago now, and we talked about it a little bit. You know, this was just all in his head that he somehow was able to to model into this 18 minute song. The parts work flawlessly together the lyrics are brilliant and most importantly the lyrics are still probably more poignant today than they were when he wrote them i love that they were able to pull it off live he said that even the first time they played it the first times they were playing it they were like oh we pretty much nailed it that's that's pretty impressive there's a lot of stuff to remember in this one there is and 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 literally you'd have to take it like you know, it'd be like the first five or six songs on a punchline set list or, you know, or, or less than Jake's set. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to play six songs in a row and just figure out what the, you know, I did six passages here. Just go, hey, I'm going to do a, you know, cut these into songs and, and make it more palatable because otherwise you, how could you, you know, do it from memory? You'd get lost. I mean, there's a lot of things he said in this episode. Once again, I wouldn't even know where to start, but I really like what he said about success that success is when all the people around you, your your friends, the people that you care about are also successful. You're all successful together. Not being just that one successful person on the hill. Who wants to be that? What fun is that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you want everyone around you as a community to be successful. I, I love that. Did you love the decline when you first heard it? Because I remember being overwhelmed by it. It feels like it was pretty much an instant classic mm -hmm. amongst my friends. I mean, and that really came out in the height of, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was a few years after. I mean, once again, Punk and Drublick is what really cemented my love for No Effects as, as a young, impressionable teenager. Not only is that album amazing, but it also came out right at the time where I'm 12, 13 years old, first finding out about punk rock. And this was only... Five years later, after that, four or five, five or six years later after mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it was really, really still, I mean, not that I don't still love punk rock, but I mean, but, you know, over the years, I think my tastes have really diverged in a lot of different directions. But at the time, punk rock was everything to me. Right. You well, know, so, so yeah. Well, and Mike, I talked about modeling this after that Subhumans track. And I've heard the Subhumans song, no disrespect to it, you know. The decline's just a different animal. It just it it just is. And nobody has been really, to me, that ambitious in, in punk rock. I mean, the the thought of an 18-minute song, and I, I mentioned to Mike, that was, you know, bloated, grateful dead 70s dinosaur music stuff, Iron Maiden stuff. You just as a punker, you didn't do it. For so for him to stick his neck out there and, and do this, it was a gamble, but man, did it work. And to a certain extent, this is like a really wild journey ride of a song it's like a bunch of different songs as opposed to like something like a grateful dead song that goes on <laughs> goes on and on and kind of sounds the same throughout the whole thing you know so yeah it's i don't know it's easily one of the greatest punk rock songs ever written i think in my opinion yeah i, I totally love it and i and i know mike's proud of it as you said he got the orchestra to do it and he he keeps talking about the song because people want to know about it and hopefully uh you know i'm i'm just i'm just so excited that we got 
the breakdown in this way yeah. on our show to, to share with everybody. Um, you know, also considering the fact that the band, I, I do believe that they're done. They're done full touring. I think maybe a show here or there, but I, I really think they're done. Yeah. I think he sounds pretty legit in that and realizing like we talk about it sometimes, Chris, the bands that break up and get back together just to like Mm -hmm. be able to sell more expensive tickets or whatever, because (laughs) they have, Oh, we're coming back. It's our reunion. And I, I think that fat Mike realizes that that's not really that cool. Um, and Hey man, if you're interested in other things, that's cool. I mean, what, what a career he's had a crazy ass career. Yeah, he has. He's had, he's had a career that he's, he's done his way. And as I said, at the top of, of part one to him, you know, one of the, if not the most improved band in a, in a span of like five years, like what, where did this come from? This, you know, I, I listened to your band. I know what you sounded like five years prior. And all of a sudden you, you release something like this. It's absolutely incredible. And Chris, we ran a marathon here with these two episodes. Everyone out there, we got a supporting cast. If you want to check it out, it's ChrisDemakes.com. You can go over there and uh, get some bonus episodes from us. I uh, don't want to, want to bore you too much with, with all the plugs here. And yeah, I don't know. What, what else can we say? I don't know. NoFX is awesome. I love that, that they have been at it this long and been such an inspiration and an influence on everybody that i know everybody i know that plays music and uh i'm sad to see him go but uh i'll be listening to him forever absolutely want to thank last week's guest and this week's guest fat mike for sitting in with us and we'll see you next week do you like to laugh geek out on music and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth if so you need to subscribe to one hit thunder Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pasta Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.